Welcome, everyone, to Alchemy Answers, episode 21. This is the 21st edition of us answering your amazingly great questions. You thought I was going to say stupid, didn't you? But they're actually, they've actually been extremely good questions, pretty much exclusively. Uh, so Junkbox asks, with the changes in this current patch, uh, where do you think Icefrog is trying to move the meta? That's a good question. That's a good question. A lot of the time I do think about that, but I haven't I haven't thought about that from like a huh, I mean it's 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 strange to me to say this, but it kind of seems like uh, he wants to have a more like fighting or oriented meta just because like the changes to all of the gold. Maybe this is just an idea that's like currently sitting in my head because I just watched Donnie's meta report video, but uh it does seem like he wants people to fight more, which is just kind of strange because Dota has been a lot about fighting for a long time but it's more so like it's been about fighting to contest the creeps yeah. and i feel like he wants to take a focus off of the creeps which would make sense given that the focus has been on the creeps for the last year to two years like everybody's just using spells fighting doing these sick plays to just secure cs that's all it's a, that's a little, literally all it's about and the changes to the creeps would also indicate that that's what he wants people to not focus so much on last hitting in the lane um which is cool that's that's different but yeah the, the weird the weird thing to me i guess is is the fact that you're trading fighting for the creeps to fighting to fight and both metas are just still fighting so it might actually just look the same it might just look the same except you just get gold from killing people instead right yeah i thought that he was trying to slow it down because it like for a while there it seemed like it was really easy to just like go high ground around 15 minutes and that was it was like two death bali and then there was more hp added to the towers and buildings and um then he obviously took away the gold from the creeps and has increased the jungle a little bit and has made denies slightly less punishing five percent experience does not seem like it should make very much difference um but then if you actually think about it, the way things are going now, you have people who think that the game is supposed to be ending later because of these changes. And then other people are like, nah, we're just gonna pick Lycan and Visage and just run at you because you think the game's supposed to end late and you're picking like Tinkers and Coddles and Spectres and going Midas and stuff like that. And Lycan's taking your towers at 10 minutes. So I don't, I don't really know. I think that- It's really hard to say. It does seem like things are going towards more of a fighting meta, but at the same time, it's like, Dota's always kind of been in that place where if you want to fight, you can fight, but you can also like make those fights smarter by farming around like the other team and then forcing them to take bad fights through using farming like as a distraction, basically. I don't know. All right. It's hard. It's, I'd like to watch Kadavi say, and, and I mean, obviously that's cheating because it's like, let's let hundreds of pros figure out yeah. what, the, what the meta is like, but it's hard for one person to figure it out. But in any case, uh, Geoff, <laughs> I'm mispronouncing that intentionally and then laughing at it. Uh, rather than keeping one hero pool, do you think there's any merit to changing your hero pool regularly to focus on learning specific mechanics? Yes, there yeah. is merit to that. However, you will lose MMR from doing that. Yeah. But that, that's, that's the thing that people, I, I think that's a big misconception about learning is that like, 
in getting better, your MMR will like strictly increase. But in the period where you're learning any concept, uh, you should lose because you are trying to play heroes that exemplify that concept and then you're not doing it well, but then you slowly learn and get better. And then you're, you'll probably over-focus too much on that concept and just do that and then lose due to other things. But then eventually it'll become instinctive for you and then you'll you'll win more and your mmr will go up but there's always that period when you're learning a concept in dota where your mmr will go down um so yes there is merit to do that but you have to understand that you're doing it to learn and not to gain mmr and it, it's it's kind of like a, a long-term investment in your mmr rather than a, a short-term investment yeah you just have to separate yourself from the mmr which is something that most people including myself and jenkins struggle to do <laughs> i've been pretty good <laughs> on it lately i don't really care that i'm lower rated anymore yeah, that's good. You seem much happier for that. I am. I am <laughs> gonna care if I'm low rated when I when I go back to Canada and I'm playing on twenty ping instead of a hundred, and I'm not playing on a laptop, and I don't have packet loss, and like when all of these possible excuses are gone, and if I'm still losing, then I'll be fucking pissed. <laughs> that's when I'll be pissed off. But but right now I feel like it's just my my, my situation playing is so difficult that if I if I care, I will lose my mind. You know what I mean? It's it's right. it's too. I could probably win these games, and it's probably my fault on a lot of them. But it's like I can't attack. I can't emotionally attach myself to it because I would get too frustrated by like all of the extraneous stuff. That's at least like my. Uh, which is why smurfing is great. I love I love playing on my smurf. I'm having a lot of fun with that. Best offlaners to play against a jug or lifestealer land aside from Weaver and Ursa. Aside from Weaver and Ursa. Uh... Those are my like go to picks. Weaver Ursa. Um, some sort, some some heroes that can like just get away from them and like kite them. Like any any kiting hero is is gonna be relatively good. Weaver, Ursa, uh, Faceless Void. If that was a good hero, oh Razor Offlane. You build into like Tranquil's drums. People are doing Ra Razor Offlane. I would highly recommend that. Um, Puck Offlane is quite good because you don't get kited by those heroes and you just sit there and you just right click them. Um, and then you have a silence eventually, so you you can you can kill them. You basically want kiting heroes. Like the problem that I see in pubs with Jug and Nakes is that people are like first phasing Jug and Nakes, and then they're not getting countered. It fucking pisses me off beyond belief. It's like this guy is first picking a hero, and he's having a free game. That doesn't make any sense to me. Just because people want to pick your Beastmasters and your Axes and your uh, typical tanky offlaners like Sven. Dude, they love laning against Sven. Why do you think Sven has a 0% win rate at Katavise? Because Lifestealer hits him once and gains back half of his HP, man. So yeah, like Razor, Puck. We're, we're going to see a whole new subset of offlaners to counter these like bullshit safe laners. I really think the offlane meta has not caught up. I've seen a lot of people be very successful with uh, Puck offlane. Um, yeah. Like high-rated high, high rated players. Like there's like top 100 offlaners like Brax and mss if he plays offlane because he's a puck player like these people are picking puck and doing really well with it and nobody's picking puck yeah i mean we're seeing nature's profit being picked a decent oh, amount that's a, now that's a decent one too yeah that's a that's a decent one it uh, happens what are your thoughts on troll what are your thoughts on troll i think that trolls i i hate troll i think i think troll is like one of the most boring heroes in the game. I think he's boring too. I think he's actually I think he's really good against melee offlaners. Or like people people pick kind of like abusive melee offlaners like a Legion or like I don't know, a Sven or Nysocker or something like that, Ursa even. 
and Troll kind of owns those because he just can blind them basically like every time they try to trade with him. And then he just goes to range for him and hits them like 40 times as they run away. It's true. I don't think Troll is, is quite as good as uh, the the current set of carries that are, that are yeah. being picked. Um, Agreed. He's on, like, he's on like the B tier, in my opinion. He's on the next tier down. Yeah, I, I, I probably see Trolls getting picked. I know there's a decent amount of pros that really like him. Like Crit, for example, who's like number one MMR in Europe or something like that, really likes Troll. And various other people really like Troll, but I just I every time I see Troll in a pro match, it just feels like he does nothing. He just like kind of farms for a while and then he gets kited in like two straight fights think, and I the game's Troll's over. Pretty, Troll's pretty susceptible to like burst and magic damage. Like yeah. if you if you have like a, a Bat Rider versus Troll, he'll utterly destroy him. A Puck versus Troll, a Lion versus Troll, God Pugna versus Troll. These heroes just yeah crush him. But um Troll is like I think I think I heard maybe it was fogged or something say it, but um, basically like if you have a troll picker, you have a troll picker. It's it's more of a specialty pick. It's yeah. one of those heroes that if somebody really wants to play it, you just give it to them and they'll uh, dominate the whole game. Like I, I think I think that I think it's basically based on the fact that at every point in the game, mid game, laning stage, late game, there's a high skill cap to what you can do on troll. Like you can dominate the lane if you're good enough. You can dominate the mid game if you're good enough because you can take Roche, you can right. take towers, you can farm, you can fight. There's a lot that you can potentially do on the hero. It's just that it's uh, it's pretty hard. It's pretty hard. It's not it's not super easy to yeah to he's, execute. He's almost a little bit like at, anti a, at a high level. He's almost a little bit like anti mage in that sense because it's like he farms pretty well. He has the ability to push towers extremely quickly. He can take Roche. He can do like all these different things that you want a carry to do or that you want a single hero to be able to do in Dota. But then if you like don't take the fight at the right time around the right power spike or you don't even approach the fight at like the correct angle and kill the correct hero first, then you can just get completely owned because you just yeah. like you you do one thing really well, which is do single target really quick hardcore damage and man fight basically anybody in the game but other than that you know it's it's like pretty hard to to figure out what you're supposed to be doing on that hero i think that's a pretty accurate uh description of troll and i think that i think what you what you said is like true at any point in the game like yeah that same thing occurs in the lightning stage like you can get totally dumpstered if you're bad but you can totally dumpster if you're good versus like almost anything um, but you really have to go at it at the right angle. These little precise movements like matter. If you feed a couple of times on troll, the hero can feel completely useless at any point in the game. But yeah, once again, the skill cap is high, so I think if you're good at troll, like all the more power to you. You know, right? Jake Sakura says, "Would you say the value of a carry at the end of the game is only defined on how much damage they do, or are there other factors besides hero damage that are important?" God no, God no. Carry is like. <laughs> Yeah. Damage is like carries one of the l less like carry should arguably have the least damage. Maybe only the five roll should be below them because the carry should only really be doing damage on super specific timings where it's like Arteezy gets huge on Terra Blade, he gets a BKB, his damage is literally two thousand, everybody else has over ten thousand. He takes one fight, does six thousand damage, they win the game, but he has the ends the game at eight thousand damage versus heroes who have 10,000 plus damage, but he still was the reason they won that game because he chose the perfect time to fight. He fought well. He farmed really well up until that point. 
Like that that's the problem with carry and judging it based on damage is that it's not a damage dealing role. Like you should be pushing waves. That's that's one of your goals. You should be getting objectives like your tower damage also your your CS, the amount of farm that you've been able to get. The the uh I would say like one of the best metrics for carry is how little you've died. Yeah. Like over any other role. Like a carry should have, you know, up to, like zero to zero to five deaths in a long game ideally because like the whole idea the whole reason that the carry is in that role is because everybody else is making space for them so if you're dying after somebody's making that space for you there's nobody else for you to be making space for most of the time if you're dying while taking space that that's very game losing yeah <laughs> so like not dying at all having low deaths at the very least having no deaths while your team is creating space for you if you die while your team is creating space for you it's utterly game losing i've seen that a few times where like basically in the divine games that i've played we'll be fighting the enemy team on the other side of the map we'll be dying they'll be dying and then one time the carry dies solo to somebody when we're making space for them and like the whole game just snowballs out of control because that was the guy we were making space for like dying solo when you're the one that's supposed to be taking the free farm when 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 the whole map is being orchestrated such that you can farm safely in an area it's very bad because there's so much being committed to it and then you die and then it's like that was all for nothing you know what i mean whereas at least if you die on an offlaner it's like it's for something my carry is farming whereas for a carry there's no like there's no fallback yeah i've seen so many times games snowball out of control because the carry like carries seem to think that them dying is equivalent to the offlaner dying it's like you should be playing offlane dude like, <laughs> you're not a carry player if you think your death is so much and then people think that that's like just an offlaner trying to justify them dying it's like no 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 you really like your your life is so much more valuable you can't just go dying on a slark or a specter or whatever because it takes pressure off the enemy team where they're like all right this guy's this guy's not farmed this guy's not yeah. strong we don't have to worry about him whole game blows wide open yeah remember when there was that period of time it was like a maybe it's just one tournament maybe it's like a couple tournament stretch where miracle literally died like he was like 55 and one kda or something like that and Surprise, surprise, Liquid won all of those tournaments or that tournament, whichever it was. I just remember people going on and on and on about how Miracle literally died like once for an entire tournament. And I mean, that's that's literally what the carry is supposed to do. I Yeah, I agree. I think KDA, tower damage, GPM is pretty important, but it's not the most important thing. Um, And I would say, to be honest, like, your timing around your game winning item i think power, is yeah you're like if you go and you die when you are supposed to have a power spike or when you're supposed to be just free farming to one person like those deaths matter so much more and i guess that's why deaths matter so much on carry because other than that you should never be dying because you, you other than that you're not going to be in a situation where you can die because you're just free farming or you, you should be you should be a lot of people find themselves be being like yeah drawn like a magnet to a fight because their team is crying about how bad the game's going despite them having free farm on the carry dude i'm telling you i just <laughs> i i had to tell a guy that the, there was a faceless void and he was he was farming against a solo ursa and we were destroying them at a tri-lane versus tri-lane and he was crying where he was losing to the ursa and i was just like no witch doctor you do not go to that lane he should be pulling the creep wave and they both got really mad at me and it's just like dude i'm just like it's 
we would essentially be sacrificing this lane top, this tri-lane versus tri-lane, which we're already winning, and then you wouldn't go and help the Void versus the Ursa. It would be the same thing happening. It would just be losing. <laughs> so, of course, I'm going to, like, veto that idea. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's just not a good idea. You, you should almost never... I don't know why I got onto this tangent, but you should almost never like leave a, a winning lane to help somebody who's crying. It's always so bad. Yeah. Like there's some way in a 1v1 or even in a 1v2 that somebody can be getting something. If you're winning two lanes in Dota and somebody is crying, or if you are getting more off the map and somebody is crying, tell them to go suck a fucking soother because it is it is not okay to go help them when you're just already winning the game. They're just a person that is having the they're essentially creating the space, and for some reason, they feel like they should be taking space because that feels more fun to hear the cha-ching noise when you get gold. So don't listen to those people when they're crying. It's, yeah, it's, it's like the, the intentionality video that I made. You're, the reason for making a rotation to help another land should never be because somebody was complaining. It should always be, I checked the minimap, I saw an opportunity to get like two or three return kills and maybe set up for a tower push afterwards. Like That should be your actual thought process before UTP. Yep, I gotta say, playing in like playing in like divine and uh, ancient on on Smurfs and playing with like my brother-in-law and stuff, this shit happens way more the lower down you go, where people are more susceptible to like listening to people. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the time, like people will die, and then they'll say the dumbest thing as an excuse for why they died, and you want to trust them because like you're not playing their hero, but you can like I was watching my brother-in-law play, and there's this one time where like. Okay, Terrorblade, Sardar, these are the two important heroes. They were sieging high ground after killing like three heroes. Sardar, for some reason, TPs standing in vision to base, and then they go on the Terrorblade and then kill him. And then the Sardar says, you should have bought a Manta style instead of a Sanjin Yasha. And it's like, how does that have anything to do with you TPing away in vision while your Terrorblade is sieging? But that's the thing. If you listen to people you will be hearing wrong things and assuming correctness in wrong things because people for the most part in dota if they're pressing enter it's because they're making an excuse they're saying something to deflect they're saying something to make themselves feel better so in general it's best to just trust your own judgment and make plays once again like donnie said with intentionality but this was mind-blowing to me how i was i was watching and the slardar tp'd away and i was just like dude your terrorblade's about to die and it's his fault <laughs> he dies and then slardar says you should have bought a manta it's like oh, that's, yeah <laughs> that's nothing to do with it oh that has nothing to do with it has nothing to do with it like oh my god you're the reason that they went on the terrorblade because you tp'd away they knew he had no slardar to back him up even yeah. if you were there and they thought you tp'd away you could stun and he could escape it's like you didn't protect your carry when you guys were sieging, and you're just like, should have bought a Manta. <laughs> and Terrorblade's right. gonna Terrorblade's gonna end that game and be like, oh man, I gotta buy Manta in more games. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a very venti stream for both of us. Whatever, man. Um, I had to get it out. Let's take like three or four more questions. Okay. Um. All right. Uh, Red has been asking in chat for a little bit. Do you think there's merit to buying Aeon Disc on cores? If so, when? Excluding cores with big lifesaving abilities like Brewmaster and his Primal Split. I think uh, when you're playing cores, where basically like the only way that they're going to kill you is by bursting you. So like on Pugna, Queen of Pain, Puck, um, I think these are great heroes to because basically like the reason the Aeon Disc works so well on them is because like if the enemy team is going on you, you're not going to turn and fight on these heroes. You run. So it doesn't matter that it, it negates your damage if the Eon Disc is on you. Uh, the, and then also, like, 
if you can get in the right position, the enemy team's not going to get you. Like that, that, that's how these heroes fight. They they go from like the shadows. They come in at the right angle where the enemy team can't go on them. But if the enemy team does go on you, very very seldom does any amount of tankiness save you. So that's why I think like on Pugna, on Queen of Pain, on basically mostly like int cores, it's it's a, a perfect item because you just want to protect against being bursted in a situation where you can't just do that with tanking up. Like there's no way you can tank up on a Pugna and survive enemy team jumping on you. And if you right. build into a B BKB, then you're committing to a BKB on Pugna, which isn't good because you can't decrypt yourself. And because it still might not save you against physical damage and BKB piercing stuff because the hero is so squishy, but so important, still so important. It's like important heroes that are squishy, basically. Yeah, there's also like some sort of really late game scenarios where it's like, maybe you're against a void or something like that, where it, if you die, then the game is over. But if you don't die, then you win the game. Like in those scenarios, it's okay to maybe like throw an Aeon disc in for a BKB and then swap it out after the Aeon disc props, procs or something like that if you're trying sure, to like yeah. tank a Chronosphere or an RP. It's a really good late game item, especially against those like one shot uh, abilities that are just going to like, if there's like a Hex OD who he'll just one shot you or a Batrider who will lasso you or Enigma that will. Um, to you yeah it's good again good really good against those for sure even on like strength heroes all right uh brian essig has been asking for a while should i stop playing position five chaos knight i've been winning non-stop with it but i just got to 2k yeah, uh, go ahead. dude i mean the thing is if you find something that works in pubs just run it with it until you start losing and then the most important thing is if you find something that works in pubs and you win a lot with it and then you start losing with it don't just start blaming your team for those losses because that's that's like the biggest thing that happens i think to most people is they they have a good run and then they start losing and then they lose like five or six games or they just it stops working and they just assume that because they haven't changed what they're doing that it must be their teammates but the fact is if you're winning a bunch of games you're going to get to a higher skill bracket where people will punish your mistakes and the holes in your game a lot more. Maybe they'll counterpick you. Maybe they just won't play into your strengths because they recognize what's actually going on. And then at that point, you actually have to adapt and figure out a new strategy or how to play it better than you were before. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I just I just figured out a, 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 better, a better way to play Pudge in the right. early game. And it's like I've played many, many hours of, of that hero for many years. And uh, it's just like certain things won't work when people get smarter. Yep. It just it won't work anymore. Yep. JCJ says I spent seven thousand gold on support contribution in a game last week. It was an hour long. How do I determine if I'm hurting my team more than helping them by not taking farm on a position five? That's a pretty pretty broad question. Um, I I would say that. How do you how do you determine that? I mean, you can use like the results based approach where it gets yeah. to the mark and you're like, well, fuck, I wish I had items. Um, I, I think, think it kind of needs to be a feeling based approach, like in the game, does. because like, I mean, in one sense, if you don't buy wards, like if nobody else is buying wards, nobody else is buying detection, nobody else is buying smokes, and you don't have them, then you have to have them. But well, actually, this is one thing that Newsham said to me, and it, he thinks that people overbuy wards. Like, there are yeah. actually points in Dota you don't need wards. There are points in Dota you don't need sentries. There are points in Dota you don't need to be making space as an offlaner. Yeah. Like, it's just about recognizing in the game, okay, I've been doing my job as a support. I've been warding. I've been making space. I've been ganking. Is this necessary anymore? 
like if you get a Slardar and a Lifestealer who they get the the blink on Slardar and then they get the Radiance or Deso on Lifestealer and they run around ganking, is it really useful for you to continue to show up to fights? Like, are you providing that much? If not, would you provide more with a Glimmer Cape? If so, then th that's when you can right. arm. Like, you really need to pay attention in the game for when the torch has been passed, where heroes can essentially do the job that you're doing. And if you continue doing that job when other people are doing it instead of farming, then you're hurting your team. Because the reason that you're doing the, the supporting job in the early game is because nobody else can do it. But if you don't need wards, you don't need wards. Like if you have a Night Stalker who's owning or some hero that gives vision who's owning and you guys really don't need wards, you don't need to buy out all the wards. You don't need to buy out all the sentries if there's somebody with a gem or with somebody, somebody with a necro book. Like there are points in the game where the support job is done at least adequately by other heroes or you don't people don't need your support if you have three cores that are utterly annihilating and they're immortal because the enemy team is so under farmed they can't kill them then what's the point in protecting them when they're already they're already fine and you can make an incorrect decision where it's like you assume that your team will be fine somebody dies game gets turned around and that's the thing with dota like you're always going to make mistakes like that there's no way to say whether or not something is the, is a correct decision it's more like you have to measure the odds and i would say in that situation when there are like two or three cores that are doing really well and they don't need any more help or supporting and they're just owning on their own, then that's when you start to be like, all right, this person's making space. I'm going to take some of the space because it's just redundant for me to go to fights. This broodmother's 1v5ing already. Why am, I, why am I trying to help the broodmother do that? Uh, and like I said, the brood might end up dying at some point and then it's like, well, it's a, kind of your fault because you should have been there, but it's a it's a risk reward thing. I would say that the risk is relatively low, and a lot of the time supports should actually farm, um, at least the small items. Yeah, um, I mean it kind of goes back to that thing that we talked about for a while about laning in a previous. I think it was in like the replay review last week where we talked about when a support needs to leave the the core and lane, and it's a very similar scenario where it's like okay, if my core is not going to feed. And he's able to zone. He's able to do my job and his job at the same time because I've supported him enough. Then you need to leave the lane. Otherwise, you are hurting your team at that point because you're just, like you said, creating redundancy and basically just like leeching for no reason or being less efficient than you could be. Yeah. I guess the last thing that I will say is as a decent position five, is it worth playing more impactful role in calibration? Some say it is better not to play position five on calibrations. I think you should play whatever role you enjoy the most and have the most impact in. Doesn't matter if it's a five, doesn't matter if it's a one. Whatever you feel like you have the most influence over games as that should be the role that you play in your calibrations and in your ranked games if you have a goal of gaining MMR. Um, so yeah, thanks guys for the questions. Thanks for tuning in and watching. You'll be able to see the uh, full episode of this if you missed part of it or want to watch it again in a day or so here on YouTube. And we'll see you next week for another episode of Alchemy Answers. We'll also see you on Thursday for Community Replay Review um, if you are part of Patreon. We'll see you then with your replays. And if uh, you're not part of Patreon, maybe you should be. All right, good luck, have fun in your games. See you later. Hello everyone, and thank you for watching the video. We genuinely appreciate your time and attention spent with us here on the YouTube channel. 